if you are fighting for your marriage and your family, you are in the right place because we are here to encourage you, to challenge you, to keep loving the fight. So we want to welcome you back to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm here with my wife, Dawn. Dawn, it's so cool to be here again. Another week. Right, exactly. Man, time goes quick. It's like <laughs> uh, it's like every week feels like a day. It does. Or five minutes and bam, all of a sudden it's another week. But it's been great, hasn't it, Dawn? It, it went by fast, but a lot of good things it, happening. It sure has gone by fast. I know my week actually started off really cool beginning of the week because I got an amazing gift from you and from the kids. I don't know if I've talked about this all, but we've been just starting to play pickleball. And pickleball is a kind of a cross between racquetball and tennis and ping pong. Yes, it's just a fun sport. But I've been wanting a pickleball net. I mean, and you're like, why would you want a net? Because our driveway is like the perfect size for a pickleball court. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I think part of that comes from, Don, you are an athlete, but you were an athlete in high school. You were a very good one. I love So sports. you like to move. Yes, you I like do. sports. I'm so a competitor. At I was hoping that you would say that you were excited to get that because I bought it and went in on it with the right. kids. You and did. so it's so good to hear that. I mean, I was hoping you would say that. I absolutely love it. And it's actually a gift that I, like I said, I've been wanting, but do you remember the first gift you ever gave me for uh, our first Mother's Day? <laughs> I like to forget that actually. <laughs> it was kind of a disaster and I Horrible. was actually not, like I said, I'm an athlete at heart and I like things that like, you know, things that you can do, but you gave me a really heavy duty, sturdy laundry basket. A laundry basket. And I was so frustrated. I was like, it was our first mother's day. And I'm like, I can't believe you gave me a lot of, because I don't even like doing laundry. I mean, I'll do it because we have to get it done, but it's just not my favorite chore. I'm so embarrassed about even talking about it right now. I remember when I gave it to you, you unwrapped it and I tried to convince you it was going to last 20 years funniest thing. It's still in our laundry room. Yes, it's sturdy. Many years later, oh. 28 years later, but you're right. Not my greatest gift that I've ever given. So I love the pickleball net. So thank you. Yeah, and thank you to my better. kids, Alex and Samantha and Katie and Jason. Oh, amazing. so cool. So cool. Well, another thing we did is we got to have a bonfire with another couple and that was just so much fun. But I also think the highlight of this week, and we're right in the middle of it, we were talking to you guys about this last week, but we are currently watching our grandson, aren't we, Don? I just love him to death. He's just the cutest little guy. (laughs) It's been fun, right? It is. Amazing. Like, he smiles all the time. It's just nonstop. He's just always smiling. We got to take him to a bonfire last night, and every single person he looked at, he just smiled really big, and they were shocked that he just smiles all the time. And we took him out to eat. We went on our weekly date, and we just brought him along, (laughs) and he was uh, just so into it, and there was tons of great food (laughs) and noise, and... Yeah, it's been a blast. And it's really fun being grandparents in our 40s. Oh, it's great. We have lots of energy, but we can just totally keep up with them, and hopefully they can keep up with us. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, yeah. Loving it, loving it. Well, an interesting fact about Travis and I that you guys may not know is that we are huge Audible junkies. And you're probably like, what is Audible? Well, Audible is an app that we have that we buy books and we listen to books constantly. It's just something fun that we do. And right now, I think I'm listening to three or four books. Well, I just finished two, but I'm just, it helps me yeah. go through books quicker. But like the one book that I'm listening to, Doing Life with Your Adult Children, 
I love that one by Jim Burns. Or you know what? The other one, The Emotionally Healthy Leader, one that just finished the other half of the church by Jim Wilder was incredible. But oh, I just love, so good. we love listening to books. Aren't And and we're not advertising for Audible. We just no. love the fact that you can buy books and listen to them. Yep. And we're doing what I believe Mark Batterson calls a habit stacking. Yep. We have a habit of being downstairs at 530 in the morning in our gym yep. and working out. We want to work out, but then we're listening to a bunch of books yes. while we're working out. And books to us are like a hundred podcasts crammed down. Down into one and we love it. We it's do. so cool. All the content that you get. Now we're not trying to talk you guys out of not listening to us right, or to yeah. our podcast. <laughs> we love having you guys here, but really not only do we love podcasts, but we love Audible. We love right. listening to books. I do. We do. And it's funny because people can't say, hey, I don't like to read because now you can just listen to them. Like that's great. You can read books by just listening to them. It's so convenient. So today we're going to be talking about raising adults, helping little ones become big ones. And this is part two. Yeah. We talked about it last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's, then go back, listen to episode 56. And again, it's raising adults, helping little ones become big ones. So why are we talking about raising kids during a marriage podcast? You know, raising kids and helping them become big ones because raising kids can be such a wedge and can put a strain on a marriage if you're not on the same page. Yeah, we've seen it cause a lot of friction in marriages that we've known, whether it's friends or relatives, so good for couples to be on the same page, like you said, Don. You know, though parenting can be one of the most unifying things as you raise your kids together in unity. But again, the key is you have to be on the same page. Otherwise, there'll be a lot of friction. So let's just recap quickly what we talked about in last week's podcast. And again, if you haven't listened to part one, I you know, recommend that you guys go back and listen to it. But here's what we talked about. These are foundational truths that we felt like we needed to teach our kids and that we're on the same page page with. We taught them that love is the most important thing and that Jesus is the only way to heaven and he is the perfect picture of love. We also taught them that authority is to be respected and serving others through volunteering. We modeled that for them, but we also taught, you know, the importance of serving others through missions trips. And we also taught them that having a spiritual compass is one of the most important things in life. Another foundational truth that we taught them is that the purest form of truth can only be found in the Bible through God's word. And lastly, that church is one of the most special places on earth. Again, these are foundational things that we taught them that, you know what, we were both, we both agreed with and we wanted to make sure that, you know what, they knew that. Yeah. And these may sound like the things that you just described, Don, may sound like really basic things or yeah, well, everybody's going to teach their kids that. Honestly, we were incredibly intentional and we wanted to also be not only were we intentional with teaching our kids those things while they're growing up, but we wanted to be intentional about sharing them with you guys. Because make no mistake about it, if you don't make sure that your kids know, like for instance, an example that the Bible is the purest form of truth, believe me, this world is going to grab a hold of their hearts and teach them that they should sell their soul to social media. And that's the only place to find real truth. And you and I both know it's not. Is it, Don? No, not at all. Not at all. Again, you need to have that strong foundation because otherwise you'll crumble. And we wanted to make sure our kids were instilled with that foundation. Yeah. And we're not trying to say that we're parent experts. What we're really trying to say is, look, mom and dad, those of you that are out there listening, husbands and wives, figure out what are those foundational pillars that you want to pass on to your kids and get uber intentional 
about it. Now we're going to shift focus for a second, Don. I wanted to share with you and everybody that's listening. One of my biggest pet peeves. Here it is. Are you ready for this? It's when people get up in my face and they try to tell me what to do, either, you know, with my actions or emotions or especially with my life. But catch this. They're not paying my bills or they're not mowing my lawn or taking care of all my responsibilities. I think to myself, who are you? Right. Like you're really trying to tell me how to live my life, but you're not doing anything positive for me and you're not paying my bills. And I, you know, honestly, it's different than, you know, when you, you read a book or you listen to a podcast, I'm talking about the people that get up into your face and you're not seeking advice. And it's just a pet peeve of mine. And that's part of what I love about parenting moms and dads. That That's like the beauty of raising kids is that no one can tell you what to do. You decide how you want to raise them. There, you definitely have a lot of opinions out there, though. I mean, you have tons of people when it comes to parenting telling you how to raise your kids constantly. So many. Meant, we were so young. I just remember those opinions kept coming. But we, you know, we listened to them. We were respectful. But we didn't have to do what they told us to do. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? Right. And so we just want to liberate you guys, those of you that are listening, raise your kids the way that you know and believe to be the best way. You, God gave you those kids. Right. And you're their parents for a specific reason. And that is because you're the best at it. You are the most equipped to do an incredible job. And as you read the Bible and as you stay committed to your spouse, God is going to bless you. Now, Donna, you and I, we were raised very differently differently. I know I how I was raised. I was raised where my parents, it was kind of kind of wild. They came out of the drug culture and they became Christians. Right. And so my parents raised me very strict in terms of authority. Like they wanted me to know right from wrong. And, and when my mom and dad said something, I had to be very respectful, but they also raised me with a lot of freedom, a lot of liberty, a yeah. high level of you trust. Had a lot of liberty. I yep. remember <laughs> when I was 16, I would take the family car and I could be out till three in the morning and you would think that would be an awful thing but it was because my parents trusted me they knew I wasn't out there breaking law or right. getting drunk or doing drugs or whatever so tell everybody Don how are you raised what did that look like to you well honestly in my home there was a lot of rules that we had to follow I mean I just know we weren't allowed to listen to non-christian music that's just a basic rule that we had we had a strict curfew I had to be home at 10 o'clock every night and on the weekends, it was midnight. It, it couldn't be one minute over. Like, I had to be there on time or I'd get in trouble. I so remember that. When you dropped me off, you know, in our, at my house, I couldn't sit with you in the car for even more than a minute. The light would come on, and I'd have to make sure I jumped out of the car right away and run in the house. It was just a lot stricter. I didn't have as much freedom as you had um, and just more, way more rules. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. The light didn't just come on when it was your curfew, (laughs) even though we were five, 10 minutes early in the driveway, it would like go on and off. And that was like, okay, Don, get out of the car. You need to get in the house as if we were going to do something bad in your parents' driveway. Right. Too funny, but never understood that. Hey, they put up boundaries. They loved you. Yeah. You know, it's hard becoming and being a parent, isn't it, Travis? I mean, really hard. I know there are days that we were just thankful, like, or just praying that our kids would turn 18, like, so we could feel like, okay, we got them to that point. And it was, it was just tough. But so we are just so proud of all of you parents out there. What you are doing, you are just 
having a huge impact on your kids. You are loyal to them. You are determined to not give up. And we're just proud of you because it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And you know, it comes frustration, but then you have those amazing moments at the same time. Oh, incredible moments. I'll never forget moments like, you know, when our kids would just reach over out of the blue and they just like grab us and hug us, give us a kiss and tell us that they love us. Or, you, you know, when they went to move out of our house and they launched and they, they were able to continue to pay their own bills yeah. and be okay. And sure, we help them every now and then in small, tiny ways, but they've survived and thrived on their own. Yep, they definitely have. I love what Elizabeth Gilbert said. She says this, having a child is like getting a tattoo on your face. You better be committed. Like, <laughs> you can't just all of a sudden have a child and decide, oh, nope, I don't want this child. Like, yeah. you are committed. Like, you're going to have a child. Yeah, and that's a great quote because yeah. I've seen people with tattoos on yeah. their face. And I love it because they're all in. Yeah. Like, they're no not turning back. They're not second guessing no. it. They, they see that yeah. every morning <laughs> in the mirror. It's awesome. <laughs> well, Don, as you know, I would, and I hate to reveal this, but I just want to be honest. I would often tell our kids when they were younger that I was going to drive over their phone with my car if they didn't behave or with our SUV. You actually told them that a lot, like especially because in their (laughs) teenage years, they would, you know, try to question our decision making over and over and over again. And you would get really frustrated with them. And you'd be like, give me your phone. I'm I'm going to drive over it. And I kept looking at you because I'm the realist in our relationship, I feel like. And I'm like, oh, wait, but if you drive over their phone, then I we're going to have to pay for a new phone. Like an $800 yes, phone. Yes, and there was no way I was going to want to pay for a new phone. So I'm like, no, you can't drive over their phone. But I just remember those you know, those conversations with our kids and our par- our kids' eyes just getting huge. Oh, they get huge. And, like, Please and I got their attention. I yes. think they believed me. And of course, I would kind of joke with them and I would, I would threaten to send them to a boot camp. You yeah, know, we for, always said that boot camp was an option. Troubled, like, troubled kids. And honestly, I we told them that with seriousness. Yeah, like, we were laughing yes. at times, but they knew we were serious. They knew we would uh, do that, but fortunately, it wasn't something that we would ever really have no. to consider because we had amazing kids. Obviously, this was more when they were teenagers, too. We didn't tell them that when they were little, like, but as they got older and again, you know, maybe were rebellious or would talk back at times, we'd be like, you know what? Boot camp looks pretty good right now. <laughs> Well, more than anything, my point is this. My kids, our kids, Don, they knew that we loved them. And we would tell them all the time that we loved them. We gave them a ton of affection. As you remember, Don, we showered them with words of affirmation. And we would spend tons of time with them. That was so important to us. I yeah, love our kids. We yep. would joke or we'd be serious and threaten things or whatever. But yeah, we were ready to die yep. for our children. And there's a passage in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And it's really a warning to dads, but I think it can be applied to all parents, right? All moms and dads. And here's what it says. It says, fathers do not exasperate your children. In other words, don't frustrate them. Don't wear them out. Don't get to the point where they lose all respect for you. It says, instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And I think that is so important. Bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. In other words, when your kids move out and they're 18 and they go to college or they start their own lives and get their own place, what they remember most is not you messing up or me, you know, threatening to drive over their phones with my SUV, but what they remember most is that I love Jesus, yep. that I love them, and that I brought them up to know right from wrong. That and, we did that, yep. Don, together. That's a huge responsibility that parents play 
in their life. I mean, we are responsible for training them up and in the instruction of the Lord. Because if we don't do that as their parents, who's going to? Like, I love that that verse is in the Bible, and we need to take that seriously. So today, we're just going to give you some, you know, a few things. Like, how did we raise our kids? Again, we had some epic failures as parents. Big ones. Like, yeah, we huge. were not the perfect parents. But there are some things I feel like we did right. And you know what? We can see it now as they're raising their own kids, and we're so proud of them. Yeah, it's kind of like wings, you know, when you when you go to B-dubs or you go to one of the wing places and you eat the wings, but you spit out the bones, yeah. right? And yeah. they taste delicious. They're amazing. So, guys, we're going to spit out the parenting bones. We're not going to tell you all of our failures, but we're going to give you the things that we feel like, wow, this was the meat. This was the stuff that really helped our kids and we feel like it went really well. So I think Don, one of my favorites that I remember and you're going to remember too, is that we gave our kids time for imagination. We wanted them to have plenty of time to read books, yep. to play or, you know, to do art. We also, I remember growing up and I would build forts and we would pretend with our, you know, my brother and sister or our friends or our neighbors or whatever, but we always wanted to make sure that our kids could use their imagination. Yep. And so we would have our kids go outside and they would build forts out in the woods yes. and they would go play. Our daughter would play with Polly Pockets for hours. I remember she would that. set them up meticulously, you know, and just be in her bedroom and just play and use her imagination. And we would get worried and go, is she still alive? Yeah, She's been in there for like two hours, no water, no food. And there she is as peaceful and content as can be. Another important part that we did uh, when our kids were growing up is we wanted to be sure to expose them to music. And why? Because music, I think, is the language of heaven. It's something that it, when you read the book of Revelation, it talks about how everybody's worshiping Jesus. Jesus and how they're all are gathered around the throne. And, and so one of the practical things we did, I remember when my son was three years old and Don, you and I, we made the decision. I gave him my guitar uh, that I worked for for two weeks when I was 16 years old. I gave him a real guitar. And at three years of age, he started to kind of pluck it and strum it and play it. But he also got out a magic marker, an indelible marker, and wrote on the front of it. It's still there to this day. But we wanted to expose our kids to music. And what happened, both of our kids play maybe three, four, five instruments, and they're really good at music. I think another thing that we really wanted our kids to learn, and that is to have a, a perspective of optimism and hope when they look at the, at life and when they wake up every day, that they would have the belief that they can affect their own future and their life. We didn't want our kids to be raised to be victims or our kids to be raised to believe, well, that just happened to me and there's nothing I can do about it. Instead, we raised our kids with the belief that they have a free will and that they can make a difference if they follow Jesus and they make the right decisions and they live disciplined lives. It doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. But we wanted to give them optimism and hope. So by now, some of you might be wondering, why are we talking about things like exposure to music or imagination or optimism and hope? Because really the ticket in our world today, isn't this true, Don? You give your kid a phone and all they do is screen time all day long, all night long. I mean, the average kid is on their phone like six hours a day. And we didn't want it to be that way. We wanted to make sure our kids were reflective of their creator, God. I know we definitely taught them the importance of stability and security. We wanted them to be the kind of students, employees, 
church members and neighbors that everyone looked at as stable, knowing that this would also help bring them security in their lives. So good. It reminds me of my old friend who said the world is ran by the people who show up. And that's really what you're getting at, Don. We wanted our kids to be the ones that showed up when there was a crowd of kids and half of them didn't show up. We wanted our kids to be in the other half that did show up. Hey friends, we'll get right back to the episode, but we just wanted to say if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, please consider sharing it on social media, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. We'd also love to hear from you. So feel free to leave a comment. And for more information about Travis or Don Rosinger, go to lovingthefight.com. I know we definitely gave our kids quite a bit of affirmation, but I know we had a balance. We gave them limited affirmation in certain areas. We wanted to praise them and encourage them, but we didn't want it to feed pride or narcissism. And also we didn't want them to feed something. You know what? If it wasn't a gift necessarily in their life, we didn't just say, you know what? You're awesome at that when they might not really be that great and they could use that time and energy on a different talent. Yeah. And the reason why this is so important is that so many parents, as you know, Don, they give so much praise to their kids that then when that's not there, when the parent is no longer there and the kid has become an adult and that they lack that praise, then there's this high level of anxiety or second guessing themselves that really becomes like victim mentality or narcissism because it's the absence of praise. And it's like, they're not even sure if they're doing anything right, right. in life. So to be able to you know, be alive and to go, oh, I didn't get praised today. Well, that was, that's an okay that's thing. Okay, yeah. Another thing that we did is we felt it was very important to give our kids responsibility at a young age and trust them with that. Even when it came to mowing the lawn, I know you taught them how to mow the lawn. We taught them how to do certain things at a young age. We wanted to give them responsibility, knowing you know that they had to actually you know be a part of the family and earn their keep in in a way, but just actually teach them certain skills. Yeah, they had to pull their fair share. And I think a really quick version of that too, Don, is both of them started driving cars on their own when they were 14. Yeah. And a lot of parents- Legally. Legally. And a lot of parents, it was optional and waited till their kids were 15 or 16. We didn't. We lived in a state where it was legal and we're like, absolutely, we want them to learn responsibility. And we wanted them to know that we trusted them as well. Don, I know one thing that you and I were both super passionate about is we didn't want to raise kids that felt like they were entitled to everything. Kids that we always had to give them money and they didn't know how to take care of themselves or earn their own money. So when our kids came to us and wanted to work at the local grocery store, you know, the kind that was like old fashioned where the kids that were that worked there that were students would carry out the groceries to the car we were ecstatic yes, weren't we, Don? we did we were excited that they wanted to get a job like that was great even though they were 14 years old they wanted to be responsible in that area and you know go to work punch in punch out and get a paycheck and that particular employer was amazing because they were pretty hard on the students yep. that worked there they expected them to toe the line to show up they let kids go I think all the time if they didn't work hard and didn't have that right. work ethic that was required and we love that we also felt like physical health and exposure to nature was important yes, so part of that huge. before they got old enough to you know to go to the gym or to work out we just expected them to be outside most of 
the afternoon and evening. Like, and this was, you know, not necessarily the norm. At, you know, for our kids, there was a lot of kids that were inside playing video games and hanging out, watching tons of TV or cable or whatever. And we had our kids go outside. They had very limited screen time when it came to the TV. Oh, we're like, you need that. to get outside. Even when it came to working out and just being healthy, we had them, you know, bike so, so many laps around the block or go on walks with us or go on runs or play soccer in the backyard just to make sure that they're, they were moving their body to make sure, you know, Physical health is important to us, and we want it to be important to our kids. Yeah. How, how do they learn that? How do you teach it, you know, pass it on if you don't make it a part of their everyday life? We also made sure that our kids had boundaries and understood the importance yes. of boundaries. We wanted them to know that there are always going to be rules, no matter yep. where they go, no matter what they do, even as adults, because that's what we're talking about, yes. raising adults, kids, are future adults. And we wanted them to understand that, that when they're driving their minivan down packed with their kids and their spouses down the road, they could get a ticket yep. <laughs> or when they don't show up on time with their boss or whatever it is. But we wanted to make sure that they knew that there were boundaries and that it's healthy to have boundaries. Boundaries right. help keep us all safe, kind of like driving down the road and the guardrails that keep you on the road. They also knew, though, that there would be a consequence if they didn't stay within the boundaries that we had set up for them. Yeah, I love that you said that, Don. That's a great segue in terms of when you have boundaries and you break rules you get disciplined or you, there will be some form of penalty in life. But that word discipline is interesting because we wanted to make sure we taught our kids as well that they needed discipline in their own lives, like to discipline themselves, both physical and structural self-imposed discipline, really for the routine of yeah. life. And I like that about our adult kids right now. Yep. They both seem to have, and their spouses, some element of like routine discipline. They're not lazy. They don't just kind of hope that a day is going to happen correctly. They're driven people they are and they driven. are yep. very disciplined. And I'm glad that we pass that on to them, that they need to have that in their crosshairs every day. I think part of that discipline is actually, you know, that we did discipline them in our, you know, in their life as they grew up. I know as they got older, there was one discipline that we used and we laugh about it. Now, I'm, if you ask our kids, we're like, get on the wall. And you know, you're probably like, what do you mean get on the wall? Like we would just say, get on the wall. <laughs> and when they heard those words, they knew they had to go to the nearest wall and they had to put their knees, nose, fingertips, and toes against the wall. Like they had to, basically they're Spider-Man on the it wall. It was awesome. Like that was a good- <laughs> They hated it. <laughs> you know, discipline that we were able to use because if their nose- was on the wall, they couldn't look at each other and fight. They couldn't like, argue. No, they... they couldn't talk to us. They were like on the wall. Now we wouldn't do that for hours, but about 10 minutes, probably they had to stay on the wall. And that was just a very creative discipline that we had as they got older. Again, you might be wondering, what are we talking about in terms of today's episode with raising adults? We talked last week in episode 56 on the, kind of more of the building blocks. These are the foundational yes. things of what we did and wanted to do in raising our kids. But today we're talking about lifestyle right. kind of rhythms, like what we did with our kids that maybe aren't foundational, but they were so important to right. us. And the so practical we, side of parenting. Practical side. We wanted to pass them on to you guys. We just wanted to give you a few more. I know the next thing that we encouraged our kids and we we taught them was, and they actually probably didn't really have a choice in this, but we had them choose FaceTime over screen time. 
What does that mean? Not literally FaceTime, but we wanted them to get outside and meet their neighbors, to go to friends' house and play, to go to youth group, you know, just make sure that they were with people. We wanted them to make sure that relationally they were connecting because we know the importance of relationships. Probably one of the most important things we did, Don, was time together. That was like a pinnacle for us as parents, but as a family. And so we were so dedicated to vacations and memory making. We had a weekly family day, family night. Always usually Taco Bell and ice cream. Yeah, I don't right. know why. That's what That's the kids, what the pick. kids always yeah. picked. But we also, every single night, I mean, we rarely missed, we had family supper together. So, so important. I just want to encourage you, you guys, if you want to really know your kids and know about their life, make sure you're making supper and sitting down around a table and talking to them. Why? Because you know what? Everybody has to eat. It's usually an enjoyable time. And that's where you really get to know your kids. You're going to get to know about their friends. You're going to get to know about the things that they're going through. It's just the perfect time. We so wouldn't, good. we would make sure that, you know, we spent a lot of time around the table. It wasn't a five minute supper. I think it was about 40, 45 minutes together where we would eat, we would talk and we would clean up together. But it's something that I miss now. That's probably what I miss the most about parenting is those family suppers. And when our kids come home now, I love making them breakfast, lunch, or supper and sitting around the table. Oh, and they're so great. They're like two, three hour suppers. They don't even want to get up from the table. And I think it's a time machine. We're all going back to when we were sitting there together for that 40, 45 minutes every night. If you take away anything from this podcast, make sure you take away this. Have family suppers together. They are vital. Oh, so important. And the last one, we'll just make this quick, but you obviously would expect us to say this, but we so taught our kids that marriage is sacred and must be honored. We taught them that divorce is not an option. We wanted to make sure that they knew that when they got married, they were loving the fight, right, right, Don? That's the whole title of this marriage podcast, loving the fight, that they would love to fight for the one that they got married to and all the way till the day that they died. We knew that they were watching us and watching our marriage. And we knew that it was so important for us to make sure that, you know what, through our failures and through our successes, that they knew that we were never going to give up on each other and that marriage was important. So, hey, these were just some practical things that worked really, really well for us and our kids who are now adults. So the key is you've got to find what works best for you and for your kids. We wanted to share them with you and encourage you, mom and dad, to keep loving the fight. Keep doing everything that you can to become well-adjusted, amazing adults. Remember, you guys, you can do it. You got this. Don't give up. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. If this podcast encouraged you, then be sure to share it with others that you care about through your Facebook page, Instagram, or other social media channels. Please hit the subscribe button if you have not subscribed. And please click like and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. For more conversations about marriage and what it takes to make sure that you are loving the fight, visit us at lovingthefight.com. See you next time.